The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrough. Alright, welcome to the Chronic Forecast. I'm your host, Ralph Marlboro. We are joined by Andrew Juge, and we're joined by a special guest, my friend Bradley from Black and Gold Review. And so you don't put, so you don't put my last name, Warchower? There you go. I'm not even going to attempt that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bradley, the, I don't know if you listen to this podcast much, but uh, <laughs> Ralph is not exactly... Uh, his last names are not his strong suit. Not my strong suit, suit at all. But, before we get with Kevin and Dave and talk about all the Saints stuff. I wanted to have Bradley on because of everybody that wrote stuff about the Saints blowing up the roster and they took a they took a blowtorch to it. We all know it, all the moves. Of all the people that wrote it, all the media, professional, bloggers, knuckleheads like me writing for WWL.com, and I was saying this seriously, Bradley, yours was the best piece. And go to Black and Gold Review and read it. And Bradley, the thing that I loved about it is we all know the Saints defense since 2006 has been bad, but explain to the people listening on this podcast, the research that you did and explain statistically, if you don't mind, just how atrocious the saints defense has been through 2000, since 2006 and what drew Brees and Sean Payton have managed to do in spite of it. And, and the interesting thing to me, and of course we'll talk about you know, 2006 and on, but the really interesting thing to me is that it predates 2006 it's really a Loomis era thing. It, it, it goes back to Hazlitt. We talk about how Hazlitt and Brooks were the problem, um, but they generally had top 15 offenses. So in 2002, one of the only years they didn't have a top 15 offense by yards, they actually had the number three scoring offense. The theory that year was always that uh, the only reason they didn't have more yards is because they also had Michael Lewis, which they did. Um, but they've kind of followed the same patterns on defense through the draft and in terms of free agency um, every year under Mickey Loomis, I would argue until now. Uh, and, you know, they had the number 32 defense, I think, in 2004. They had the number 32 defense we know in, in 2012. They had 31 defense last year. Um, we know the problems they had in the secondary in 2006. The, it's just they, they have averaged, I believe the number was the 23rd ranked defense, or no, 27th, 27th ranked defense since 2002. Uh, and at the same time, they had, like I said, a top 15 offense before then, and their number one offense in the league since 2006, and the margin isn't even close. They put up something like 58,000 yards, and the next team is 55. The, ne- the interesting thing is teams with the defense in the bottom 10 – 
they all suck. Like they don't have winning records, and yet the Saints are the I think you said the fifth or the seventh best team since '09. Um, right. No, it's since '06. Since '06, yeah. they are. Uh, yeah, they they have the seventh best record in the league. Uh, I think it's like 87 and 57. That's like 30 games above 500. It's a 60%. It's a .600 winning percentage. Uh, and they are the only team in the bottom 10 with not – there's one other team, and I hate to say who it is, uh, with a winning record with a bottom 10 defense over that time period. It's, it's Atlanta. They're like barely above 500. Um, but the other teams average like a 400 winning percentage. They're not just you know losing teams. They're not just barely below 500. They're really bad teams. Oakland and Cleveland, Bradley. And just just curious uh, of the six teams since 2006. Ahead of uh, oh the other teams that are ahead of the Saints in terms of overall record it's, since 2006. It's, it's how, how good have their defenses expect. been on average? Uh, I think New England actually is. 19th, they're like the lowest ranked. So again, the point there is you don't have to be good. You have a great quarterback. You just have to be, you know, mediocre. Um, that's how we won the Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, it's the usual suspects: Green Bay, uh, New England. A couple of the teams on there had really good defenses consistently. I think Baltimore was on there. Their defense was great. Pittsburgh was up there. Their defense was great. Um, but like I said, you don't need a great defense. New England's was was middling. Uh, I think Green Bay's was actually pretty middling too. Well, the, the the main reason I had you on is, besides the piece being awesome, is basically the Saints. I think Sean Payton has said, "Look, as long as I have Drew Brees and he's a top ten quarterback, I can be an an elite top five to seven offense." Um, and that's the gamble he's taken. They've got all these assets. They're probably going to spend them on defense. I'd imagine. Uh-huh. How big of a risk do you think it is? And if the Saints decline to ten out of the top ten on offense, is there a chance, in your opinion, that the bottom's going to fall out of this thing? Yes, I mean if they, if, because we don't know that the defense is going to rebound. I tend to think that. If they go ahead and throw enough youth at it, you can have one of those kind of bounce years that we're familiar with, like kind of happened in 2013. Um, but 2013 yeah, was a years, dead cat bounce. I'm convinced of it. No, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But you, you can you can kind of generate the same kind of effect. You know how weird things happen. Yeah. You kind of throw random players in the pot. But yeah, if the, if the offense falls off that much, absolutely, you could have a you know three and 13, five and 11 type year. We're not we weren't that far off from that you know this past season. But I don't think that's going to happen. There's, there are no signs to indicate that's going to happen. And I know people talk about, you know, Drew, but as much as people want to talk, there's just there's literally not a single sign of him dropping off. I mean, he's just he's not. There's not a single nothing to indicate that he's doing that. Do you, and before I let you get out of here, Bradley, the Saints obviously they took a blowtorch to the roster, and you can agree or you disagree, but and look, we can we can all predict if it's going to work or if it's not going to work. But what do you, what do you think is the minimum they've got to get this defense up to as far as increasing? And what's the minimum they can fall in offense? So let's say if if you don't quite understand, let's say they let's say they get the defense to twenty twenty 
said he get the, they get the defense to 20. Where can the offense slide down to, for, in your opinion, to the stats to tell you they can still be a playoff contender or an 8-8 eight and eight type team? I think the offense, if the defense is around 20, the offense needs to be top five. It can be five, I think, and they can still be a really, you know, legitimate playoff contender. Um, anything better than 20, I think, is almost landing. I think it's just they're going to be a top five offense. I will be absolutely shocked if they're not. Uh, there's as long as, the the only thing that matters, I think, is that interior line holding up. So you know, as long as Unger is healthy, if Assuming they keep Jari Evans, if they do, uh, if he, which is, I'm not convinced they will, you know, if he stays healthy, has a good year, and whoever they find at the other guard position, as long as those three guys are okay in front of Drew, uh, the offense is going to be top five. Well, it'll be interesting, and Bradley, people go to Black and Gold Review and read and read this. I said it at the beginning, I'll say it again. It's it's fantastic, and it really it really crystallizes to me, at least Andrew, as to. When you say why the Saints are doing that, when you read Bradley's article, you're like, oh, yeah, you might not agree with what they're doing, but you can see why I think they're trying to do what they they are doing. So people go there. Bradley, thanks for giving us a quick couple minutes on short notice. People go to Black and Gold Review. Bradley, thanks for giving us time tonight, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Bradley. All right. Um, All right. Thank you. Uh, Andrew, I thought – it was uh, a really interesting piece by by him as we uh, as we as I as I go to add the two knuckleheads uh, here of uh, held and our fearless leader. Uh, I'm disappointed in Mickey Loomis, quite frankly, Andrew. He did not do anything today. He did not do. He did not make. Any <laughs> he, did not make he did not make any moves. Um, they had a lot of rumors flying around, fast and furious. Um, Dave, our fearless leader, I believe, is with us, and Kevin as well. Um, Kevin, have you been traded? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, say what? Have you been traded yet? Because the Saints are no. tra- trading everything. No, I have not. I have not been traded yet. I am still. Uh, I'm still waiting for the call. Dave, how upset were you that your boyfriend Mark Ingram is going to have to share the backfield, and he got and and CJ Spiller got more money? I guess that's a good place to start. Um, I don't give a shit who makes more money. That's not my problem. Mark Ingram might be upset, but uh, but that doesn't affect me whatsoever. But um, I'm I'm not upset about it at all. I, I you know Mark Ingram you know can't can't do it all. And uh, as long as as long as Peyton plans on giving Ingram a bulk of the carries and 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 you know, still being run heavy uh, and just sprinkling in C.J. Spiller here and there and, and using him in the passing game, then everything should be fine. Uh, Kevin, the the leading receiver for the 2015 Saints is or is not on the roster? God. Jesus, I really hope the leading receiver is on the, is, is on the Saints. Um... Huh. Receptions uh, or yards? Either. Uh, reception? Jesus Christ, no. Can't even say that, no. Uh, and that's not me for the record. Um, <laughs> not me either. Not me. It's got to be, 
That's got to be Dave. 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 Yeah. Oh, what uh, foodie? It's the foodie. Of course it's the foodie. Are you eating like once, uh, Dave? Colson? I'm eating, I'm eating Kirkland brand rice crackers. Oh, my God. Have some dignity. Gotta, so, gotta so, keep the sugar blood down. So you, you, you seem very um, confused. Confused about who's going to be the Saints leading receiver, which is not necessarily yeah. a good thing in yeah. the middle of March. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's the middle of March, thank Christ. So, I mean, it could be worse. It could be the middle of September and be wondering who the hell the lead receiver is supposed to be. Andrew, the of all the Saints moves so far, the one that I think has the potential to just blow up and be awful is Brandon Browner. That dude is getting old, and he is a penalty machine. I like the signing, but it's – I think it's really, really risky. No, I, I disagree, Ralph. I don't think it's that risky from the standpoint that you've got to compare it to what was there before him. You know, and, and I just – I really think there's, there's just no way that the Saints are going to have a drop-off. I mean, he may not be the savior end-all be-all that we hope he is, uh, but I think we'll notice a, a significant upgrade. Penalties, he had, I think, 17 penalties in 61. Yeah, I mean, well, he, he's physical. That that that's what you get. You know, that's what you yeah. get with a player like that. I mean, he's going to beat guys up. He's going to get big hits. He's going to uh, be physical. And you know, he, here's the main thing: when you play in a division with Calvin Benjamin and Mike Evans and Julio Jones, and those are the best receivers in the conference and you got to play each of those guys twice a year you need a big physical corner that's going to jam those guys at the line of scrimmage and beat them up because Keenan Lewis is a great cover corner but he, he shouldn't be lined up against guys like that that's so, going to be so, Browner's job he's going to be the one that faces those big 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", receivers um, you know I think the shifty receivers that, that speed you know that's going to be Keenan Lewis's role I think a little bit more this year which so you're going to so you're going to be okay with, let's not say 17, but let's say he does better. Let's say you're going to be okay with 8 to 15 penalties. That's just the price of doing business with Browner? Is I that- think so, yeah. Because at the end of the day, look, some of those penalties are going to come on third down. Some of them are going to be ticky-tacky flags that are going to drive us insane. You know, Because from what I understand, he gets a lot of these flags by reputation at this point. Um, and, and a lot of them are unfair. Um, but... Uh, uh, yeah, it costs to do business. Look, if the defense is creating turnovers, they're getting off the field more, they're giving up less yards, I can live with more penalties. In fact, I think a big reason why this defense was so bad this year was the lack of aggression. In fact, you remember me saying at some point in the season, Ralph, I would love to see them get more penalties. Like, the Saints are almost too disciplined. Like, they're, they're getting gashed at the expense of discipline. You know, it's, it's almost like... Great, they're the Saints are the least penalized team in the league. I believe that was true this year. But their defense is thirty first. So at some point you gotta have a nasty, mean, angry streak. That means you're gonna get flagged in their personal house to be it. Dave, Kenny Stills got shipped to Miami. Um, hey, are we are, are we recording right now? Yes, we are. Well <laughs> I thought we were like just shooting the ship before. No, we, we, we me and me and sorry, me and Andrew had uh me and Andrew had uh, Bradley from Black and Gold for like five minutes because he did that awesome piece on the Saints defense. Sorry. Oh, uh, 
fucking Christ, a little communication here. I wouldn't be fucking munching on this shit. Yeah, you oh, stop it, you would. No, e- I wouldn't. Eating on this podcast is just is is as much a part of this podcast as me screwing up people's names. And I would have given a better answer to my previous question. <laughs> well, that's on you. You can come a bit you can try better this time. Uh Kenny Stills. Uh are the Saints really going to regret shipping him? Is he going to be tearing it up in Miami? I mean, I don't really give a shit whether he tears it up in Miami or not. They're an AFC team, and I don't think the Saints play the AFC North this year. So, um, East. The AFC East, sorry, right. Um, I look at Kevin knowing his NFL stuff and correcting me. <laughs> Thus um, concludes Kevin knowing his NFL stuff. <laughs> You might as well hang up now and leave on a high note. Um, so I, you know, I, I could care less whether he 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 does well. And I mean, you know, Kenny Stills playing well with the Dolphins doesn't necessarily mean that he would play well with the Saints. You can't just you know compare the two. Um, different schemes, different systems. Just just you know, everything's different. Um, you know, if might... the if Kenny Stills in Week 13 is at 1,100 yards and 85 catches, and Nick, Toon, and Nick Toon is dropping balls all over the place, you just won't be a little bit pissed off that they ship Stills out of here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess I'll be. Well, it depends on what's going on with the Saints. If, if Brandon Cook says 1,100 yards and however many touchdowns, then no, I'm not going to be upset. I mean, if, if the Saints are, you know fucking three and nine at week 13 then yeah that's a problem but um i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna sit here and and lament the loss of of a player if he's doing well on another team it's just it's just not right man it's, it's just like i mean it's the same thing with like darren sproles last season everybody was upset that the saints got rid of darren sproles look how good he was doing with the eagles i mean you, you can't you can't think like that and it's it, you can't compare the two Kevin, I know the Saints may or may not be driving off a cliff at 85 miles an hour, but the last week's been pretty awesome, hasn't it been? Oh, yeah. I mean, if anything (laughs) – I mean, look, if you're going to drive off – I'm kind of hoping that they hit 88 miles an hour going off the cliff because then they might actually travel back in time, (laughs) and then then maybe they can go pick up members of the Dome Patrol to actually be their linebackers. So I think that – Eight million gigawatts. Wait, how many gigawatts? Uh, I don't know. Ah, of course you don't fucking know. Wait, wait, wait. I might know. Point twenty-one. Oh, well, but you blew it. You, you. I had a chance to display my movie knowledge, and you didn't even give it to me. That, that was your one chance, Dave. Well, Kevin blew it, dude. Kevin, if you, if you, obviously the Drew Brees move would just be like a nuclear bomb and break Twitter. But if the Saints are gonna do. One more piece of crazy, crazy stuff, and I told you you could be in charge of it. What would you want the Saints to do crazy, crazy before the draft? Got one, one more, one more insane move. Um, hmm. I'm trying to, th- I, I, can't, I can't, I mean, how many more like big, ridiculous pieces do they have left? <laughs> Well, you know? like I, I, I can't. I'm, I'm, cause, I, cause, like, I think the only guy that would command the sort of uh, wild uh, 
media coverage would be Breeze. And like the only thing that I mean. Well, wait, wait. When you say if, media coverage, do you mean local or national? National. Okay. Well, I mean, if they, well, they could, if they could, if they could get a third number one pick, I think that would get national news. But it would only be like a, it would only be like a ticker move. It wouldn't be like, like if they traded Breeze. I mean, ESPN's going to shut down for a day, and it's going to be. It's going to be what are the what the Saints are doing? Where is he going? What they gave? I mean, it's and, and are the Saints are they in play for Winston? Mario? I mean, it's it's that's a that is a Breeze going is a complete shit show. Not even to mention that the fan base for New Orleans is not even ready to say goodbye to him. So the fans would go uh, atomic. Uh, we haven't even talked about this trade, uh, Andrew. Ben Grubbs went to Kansas City for a fifth round pick, which is a pretty nice haul, I think, for him. Uh, but who's going to play guard for the Saints? Is is the guard are both guards on the roster for the Saints? Yeah, well, it's funny. You look, you you remember uh, when Sean Payton was interviewed? Um, he was a little bit more forthcoming uh, during the combine than than he usually is, and he was asked what the Saints' biggest needs were, and his response his response was definitely a cover corner, definitely an interior lineman, and then hopefully a pass rusher. So those were the kind of the three things he identified. Uh, and then you look, of course, Brandon Browner, the cornerback signing. So uh, they've got that covered. Uh, Max Unger no comes. No pun intended. Max, yeah. right. uh, Max Unger comes in the trade from Jimmy Graham, so that's interior line. But then you <laughs> let Brug Grubbs go, um, and you get a fifth-round pick for him. But uh, so now it's almost like yes, they have filled a need, but they've created a new one with the other trade. So. Um, I think the big question, first of all, is how do they feel about Tim Olito and, and um, Senio Kelamete? And I think Kelamete is, is actually has a higher ceiling. He's more promised than Lolito, uh, but he can't snap the ball. Um, so I think Lolito was kind of ahead of him in the pecking order because of his ability to snap. Uh, now that's kind of been removed from the equation with the Unger uh, signing. So I think that kind of moves Lolito back to this revolving door of backup center and maybe primary backup guard. but So you've got a couple guys on your team that are good depth and uh, that I think could potentially develop in the starters. Um, but I can't imagine they're going to be comfortable assuming that one of those two guys gets it. So uh, I don't see them signing a free agent. I think they'll maybe get a – they'll draft a guy fairly high, maybe get a tackle swing guard type guy. They, they could go as early as 13. I mean, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name. I think it's Sherp. Uh, from Iowa, but him and Lyle Collins are two guys that can play guard. You know, they potentially develop into left tackles, but uh, they could play guard in year one. And so maybe you draft that guy at 13, and then there's a three-man competition for left guard. But uh, it's still a position of need, and I think they will address it in the draft. I don't think I don't think the Saints have ever picked the LSU guy number one. No, Devery Henderson was two. Uh, was yeah. Dalton don't... Hilliard was he a first-round pick? No, he was a two. Wait, who? Eric Martin? No, yeah, Eric Martin. What about, uh, what about, uh, oh, shit, the the guy stamping license plates now? What do you mean, uh, Cecil Collins? No, 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 the, uh, the the guy from, like, way, way back in the day. Um, Billy Cannon? Yeah, it is, yeah, it was. No, Billy Cannon was drafted by the Raiders, I think. No, Jim, and Jim Taylor was washed up. He was on Green Bay before. I mean, the Saints, I don't think the Saints have ever picked the LSU guy one. So oh, I was Mike Ditka drafted uh, Nikki Savoy in the seventh round. Yeah, yeah, Nikki Savoy, like the toughness. 
Al Woods. <laughs> Al Woods. They traded up. To, they traded up Al to get Woods. Al Woods, and Al Woods couldn't even make the roster. Yeah. Al Woods. Actually, you know what? That, that's that's a great jumping off point for me. Let me let me just have this. So they, they got the headline on Canal Street Chronicles. The Saints have five picks of the first seventy-eight in the twenty fifteen draft. So fucking help me if this team can't find at three starters. They need three starters. For sure. Three starters out of those set first out of those five picks. And if they start bundling that shit together oh, and no. using it to trade up, I'm going to flip my shit. Okay? This team needs depth. If, got, this is a this is a great move. This is this is a Patriots now, type move. Now hold hold on, Kevin. Are you saying are you saying three starters? Now, Kevin, yes. are you saying three starters in in year one in the rookie year? Uh yeah, yeah. That is, <laughs> Good luck with that. I mean, that's two thousand. I mean, well, in two thousand six, they got Reggie Bush, they got Colston. John Colston, Harper, and Evans. They got four. In 2006, you know, so I mean, it's possible. I mean, if I, if, if if you say Reggie Bush was a starter, I mean, yeah, I mean he caught 80 something passes. I'd say, yeah. I mean, the thing is, they got to do somewhere between 2013 because we thought 2013 was a great draft, David. Ended up not being so good this year. 2006 was maybe the best draft they've ever had. Um, but Dave, my question to you is. Uh, as you look at this uh, slew of draft picks, Kevin said they need three starters. I think that's that's a home run. What do they need to not go backwards and to go? What? Let's assume Breeze is healthy and they don't get crushed with other injuries. What do they need out of this draft to not go backwards from seven and nine? In your opinion. I don't think there's any way that they can go back. I mean, there's no way that you can draft players and and, and go backwards as a team. I mean, well, they could win six games. There were five games. That would be going backwards. Oh, but that's not the, who they. That's not the fault of who they draft. I mean, the people that they draft can only help them. They can't hurt them. No, oh, they could. I mean, if they if they draft <laughs> if they draft Stanley Jean Baptiste at thirteen and they draft him again at thirty one. That'll hurt him. I mean, not necessarily. Stanley Jean Baptiste did not play that much, and in is Stanley Jean Baptiste playing and hurting them? Isn't Stanley Jean Baptiste's fault or the Saints drafting fault? Draft it's the fault of whoever the, was ahead of him. If they draft two guys in the first round that don't play during the year, Dave, and they don't have Jimmy Graham, I'm betting they're not going to win seven games. Dave, 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 you're losing this argument. I mean. Yes, Ralph. Ralph, your your last statement is correct. If they if they if they don't draft anybody that can help, and they only win seven games. That's what I'm saying. So that's but that's it's not the it's. So what do they need? What they need? (laughs) What they need to stay where they are? Like I think I think for these five picks, if they want to stay seven between seven and eight wins, they got to get a starter and two. Major contributors minimum, or they're going backwards. No, I don't think that they're not going to go backwards. I, I, I how can uh, you say that? The, the Saints are worse right now. Right now, as a roster, they're worse than last year. 
How do you know that? Why do you say that? They've lost Pierre Thomas, Jimmy Graham. How much did Pierre Thomas do last year? And Curtis Lawson. Hold on. Well, first of all, the value of Pierre Thomas goes beyond what he does on the field. And I think if you look at 2013 juxtaposed with 2014, you would know that locker room value equals something. So I think you, you look at the three guys they've lost and you look at the three guys they've brought in, for me right now, oh, and don't forget Tyron Walker. That's another loss. And Definitely. personally, I think that's a bad loss. I mean, that, that's, it's not an impact player, but it's a young rotational guy that was developing in your system. And right. you, you just can't – and he's cheap. You cannot let guys like that get away. You just, that's just bad. I business. mean, to me, Dave, they have a question. They have a question at tight end. They have a question at guard. They have. They have a question at linebacker. They have, I, I I get all that, but I, I don't I don't give a shit whether they draft a, a a starting middle linebacker in the first round or whether they pick him up in undrafted free agency. The point is, it doesn't matter where you start and it doesn't matter what you do in the middle. It matters how you end and how you finish. So I don't give a shit how they draft. I mean, obviously, I want them to draft good players in the high rounds because that has a higher yeah. potential of. Uh, of that player starting and of that player finding success in the league over the long term. But I, but but drafting shitty players in the first round doesn't set them back. What sets them back is if they f- fail to make moves, whether it's in the remaining period of free agency or all of the draft or all of undrafted free agency. Um, that's what will set them back. But just missing on a couple of picks in the first or the second round. Well, I mean, well, I back. think you, you're, there's one element that you're missing, Dave, which is decline of current players over the previous year, and you look at linebackers, a linebacking core that adds Ellerby, still has Hawthorne, still has Harrelson, and, you know, you combine that with a decline of of, of players that, you know, just aren't performing as is. If they get even worse, they're going backwards. All right, we're going to rumor monger now, Kevin, because uh, a rumor floating around was that Cam Jordan is the next guy. Um, The next guy what? To be shipped out. So here's so here's where the, are these rumors coming from? The Twitter. Uh, from who? Give me names. Sources. And look, sources. Yeah, hashtag sources. Laca- oh. uh, what's the guy? Jason Lacafranora, whatever. Lacanfora. Lacanfora. Wow. He tweeted that, that Sean Payton might be gone, but I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with Cam Jordan. Here was here was me and I need, I need to look all this up right now. We we me and Andrew were. We're debating this back and forth, Kevin. And here, here was here was my theory, is that Cam Jordan, if the Saints decide, look, Cam Jordan is not a ten million dollar a year player. He's and, and he's got one year left, and we don't think he's he. We're not going to pay him ten or tw- or eleven or twelve million dollars. When were these tweets? So if the Saints are not going to pay Cam Jordan twelve million dollars, let's say, and they think he's going to get that next year in free agency. The prudent move would be to ship him out now and get something for him. Um, but, Kevin, if they did that, they'd be blowing a big hole in their defense. Would the fan base start to freak out and be like, what the fuck are they doing if they ship out Cam Jordan? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the fan base is probably already asking that. but, but Yeah, exactly. I mean, what, what – I'm trying to figure out what the hell – to uh, how to respond to it. Yeah, because it's just they're going to freak out because they're just wondering, all right, well, who are we going to replace these guys? Where are these picks coming from? I, I, I think there's a great deal of apprehension to be had because, again, the concern is 
the concern is, oh my God, this fuck, it, you know, ba- based on the previous history of the of of how the front office handles drafting, they're gonna fucking trade up and 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 they're gonna blow some of these draft picks, and they can't when 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 they need. You know, Dave said they they have pointed out they obviously need help in these in these positions, and you can't be trading picks. Three number ones would be sweet though. Even when we have oh no no. <laughs> I mean it would be fun. If they get three number ones, if they if they have three number ones, and again three number ones, and you can't get three starters or or two starters and a contributor, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You got. I mean, I, I I can't. I can't see. I can't see drafting somebody in the first round and not and not expecting them to to play. I just I can't I, unless it's a quarterback and you know you're grooming them. Uh, I can't see drafting somebody in the first round. I I, I don't know. I I'm I'm, I'm rambling, <laughs> but 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 my point is. If, if you start tra- – if you start like, – like here's the thing about Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan is like a guy he's, – he's a guy. He's a starting defensive end that's really good against a run on a shitty defense. Right. And you're blowing – And okay, and, and okay, maybe, maybe he's being overpaid. That's probable. But if you trade him away, you knew – like that's a guy that the fan base looks at and goes, well, that was, that was, a, that was a starter. That was a sure starter. So that means you have to address him. So, Andrew, if the Saints – well, is is this the most – I think this is the most important – This is good, and we'll get into it as we get closer to it. But I think this Saints draft is the most important draft that I will ever watch the Saints do. Yeah. And I no, don't I, think – I, I, I don't think – because they've never – in their history, had a future Hall of Fame quarterback and this many picks, and it's really if they fuck it up, they're gonna go. They're straight back on the road to the bags. So like this is the biggest draft yeah. of my lifetime as a Saints fan. I think. I, I agree. There, there's a big fork in the road right now, and uh, you know I think Breeze is getting older, and who knows how many years he has left. And the team is kind of in disarray. Their roster is weak. The depth isn't there. And I think that big fork in the road, you know, points into different directions, a a draft that's nailed. And they're putting a lot of eggs in this Jeff Ireland basket right now as a college evaluator. But, you know, there's a, there's a fork where you go left and you nail this draft. You have rookies that come in and contribute right away. You have new young blood, you have new energy, and a ton and of cap took, space next year. A ton, a ton of cap space in 2016, and it kind of propels the Saints for the final run of Drew Brees' career. Or I think you have the right side of, of the fork where things continue to implode and Drew Brees is on the outs and uh, the Saints get younger, develop new quarterback, and th- th- some of these draft picks just don't pan out. You know, Accruing all these draft picks is nice. I mean, I kind of view it as buying a new luxury car, you know, where it's one of those things where the the value of a car, when you're looking at it on the lot and it's never been driven, 
it's the sexy car that has all the features and has all this, you know, souped up stuff. But the minute you drive it off the lot, the value decreases immediately by 20% or yeah. more and they uh, don't hold their value. And so I, that the minute you draft a guy and the minute he steps on the field and starts to not perform, he's no longer this pie in the sky first round draft pick that could save your franchise and turn things around. He's, he's Jonathan Sullivan. Shitty, yeah. He's another shitty player. And so I think the saints really criti- have to nail this draft. These guys have to be successes on the field because the assets that they've given up. There's nothing left to get there's, these pie in the skies. Are significant. Not, I mean, Ben Grubbs is a good player. He's not worth what he's getting paid, but he is a professional, probable guard that, if healthy, performs well. Jimmy Graham is arguably the best receiving tight end in the NFL. And yes, they got a good center and a, and a 31st overall pick. But if the Saints blow the pick, if, if the 31st pick is Jonathan Sullivan or one of these other guys, these awful first-round picks. If it's another Patrick Robinson, you traded then, a guy who scored 46 touchdowns for a cent for a cent. Yeah, well, right, exactly. And so uh, the, the, these picks, these, these trades, they're only going to benefit the Saints if they actually nail the pick, which is far from a given. Kevin, we kind of glossed over, but I just want to ask you, and this is I save this for you. I feel like C.J. Spiller. Once he gets out of Buffalo and he doesn't have the Bill stink on him, he's going to be really good for the Saints. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would go so far as to say really good. I think it's I I I think he has a a very high ceiling for a uh, for a turnaround. I mean, he he is coming off of a he is coming off of a fucking Broken bad coll- injury. I mean, that's collarbone, that's right? I mean. I mean that's that's the thing you could say about I think a lot of the picks that the Saints have got they they all missed time I think last year. So I mean that's a hell of a gamble and a dice roll. But again, and I, this is this is cliched as fuck. But then again, I speak in almost nothing but cliches. But if he stays healthy, <laughs> um, you know that's that's I mean that's message board guy right there, man. If well, he stays it- healthy. Message board guy, now that we have you, um, what's the Godfather offer that you need for Breeze to ship him away? Oh, man. Oh, you like trading Shouldn't Godfather kids? questions go to Dave? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you like trading one of my own kids here? Oh, God. Um, let's see. Uh, me personally, we're talking, or, or what? Like no, like what would what would need what would what would a team need to offer the Saints for Drew Brees for you to say I'm shipping out Drew Brees? But you're asking message board guys. I'm asking message board Kevin. Right. What would the team need to get? Yeah. All right. Roger Goodell in his ivory tower would basically have to say that the Saints are not going to be penalized for the next five years. <laughs> like, like penalized, like no, like they can go back to doing bounties or like no penalties. No, 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 no penalties, <laughs> no penalties, no penalties. <laughs> no penalties. Oh, I like that. I, so no penalties for the next five years. That Brandon and, Browner signing's looking real good. It is looking good. 
And and the team that trades him has to basically pull a Ricky Williams deal. Everything, like every pick? Basically. And a first the following year. And a first. Like, basically, like, the franchise that takes Breeze has to essentially fuck themselves over in order to get Drew Breeze. And the league has to waive all penalties. So we're sending him to Oakland, in other words, is what you're saying. Probably. You know, (laughs) I like that answer. No no penalties. (laughs) Oh. Dave, mm-hmm. <laughs> as we head mm-hmm. to the drafts, give me one. You don't have to give me a name, but give me one position for free agency that you would like the Saints to to take a flyer on. Like a, like I want them to sign a veter. I want them to sign Michael Crabtree as a veteran flyer. One year, maybe he can beat David Patton, 2007. That's what I want. <laughs> Is there a position or a guy that you like out there that you're like, I want the Saints to buy an easy lottery ticket. I think he could be a one-year wonder, a la the name we will not mention in 2009. <laughs> For those who don't know, he's talking about Darren Sharper. Yes. Um... You know, to give a realistic answer, I haven't even looked in a little while um, to see who's actually out there. But um, I don't know about a guy that necessarily I think is just going to come in and kill it. But uh, I would like to see him work out and maybe look at Carl Nix. I know he's had his issues with the nostalgia, with the staff infections and uh, and and all that lingering history, but. Last I saw, he was working out, and he was going to try and come back. And uh, if if he was at all healthy and could stay healthy, because um, you were talking about earlier about what they're going to do at guard now. They just ship Ben Grubbs off. Uh, they need a guard, and it might. Like I said, I think it's definitely worth it to look at Carl Nix, and and it would be it would really be awesome if he could come in and and do well. Uh, if if he had one year in him. And this could be the year. I think a guy like Carl Nix could really transform uh, the offensive line for the Saints if he was back and if he was playing at a fairly high level and uh, at, at a much higher level than you would expect him to be playing at coming off of an early retirement. Uh- well, before Andrew and Kevin, before you guys answer, I want to remind people we are $250 away That's it. from a new computer that I can use that doesn't make a grinding noise when I run this podcast. We only need $250, people. We are almost there. Donate what you can. Kevin's going to talk for 45 seconds at the end of the podcast to – about driving I-55 because Allie donated at the pledge drive level for that. So donate what you can. And if you donate two grand, you can run Kevin's Tinder for 24 hours. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. Get with friends. Okay. By the way, I got an email today. And since I, I, I didn't get the phone call until we were halfway through the show and wasn't notified that we were actually doing the show. Um, I'll just say this now, but, uh, Wallace Delery emailed me today and said that he works for Apple and he says that he can get you a discount 
on a new Mac. I'm I don't know how to run Mac. I'm not that. I don't know a Mac. The only thing I know how to do in Mac is is Final Cut. No, I don't know. I don't know what kind of discount he's talking about. I mean, a discount on an expensive Mac may still be more expensive <laughs> yeah, than they, a really cheap ass computer. I know, right? Oh yeah. Oh no, no. I get. No, no, no. I guarantee you that's. I guarantee. That's, I will. That's the case. I, I will follow up with him and just find out just so you have all of your options out Thank there. You. But but that is out on the table and that was very generous of Wallace Thank to offer. It was gen- very generous of Wallace. We only, I like I said, we only need two hundred fifty dollars, and we're there. And I'm look. I'm not gonna buy some super duper computer. I'm going to buy a computer that I have Word, that I have a couple of audio programs, and that's he's lying. It. He's actually gonna be buying Watson. <laughs> I'm gonna buy Watson, and he's gonna run the body. He'd probably pronounce the names better than me. <laughs> uh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> it is true. Um. So Kevin. Yeah. Donated $40. So before yep. we get to the Twitter questions, which we have a ton of them, and thanks for the crazy trade ideas, people. We'll get to that. Kevin, talk oh, for 30 seconds on no. dri- on driving I-55, and I'm going to time you, and at 30 seconds, I'm just going to cut you off. So go now. No. No, no, no. You can't just cut me off because there's so much to talk about with driving I-55. Like the shortest amount of time that I ever took going from New Orleans to St. Louis – was just under 10 hours and that was when when my ex-wife and i were doing it we did it overnight that's pretty good we both drank five hour energy we took turns and we blazed through we didn't have to carry the dog with us limited stops and we got through in just under 10 hours the longest it's taken us is about 12 to 12 and a half uh Mississippi is the absolute worst part of the drive because there is nothing going on in mississippi it's a giant fucking rectangle turned upright it's it's fucking ridiculous uh your best stops like we, we i've got it down to a science in terms of stopping you stop somewhere in jackson for food you stop somewhere right before uh memphis and usually that's around batesville or sardis or senatoba and those are all before you get to hernando and those are pretty good and, I'm, I'm and again i'm that, talking just way, right now and Shut Kevin up! Is... I'm talking just I'm talking just fast food. Uh, your your stops after Memphis, uh, you're looking at Blytheville, which again it's also it's also a good stop. And Portageville, New Madrid, Sykeston, there's a nice Lowe's, a lot of uh. Oh my God! What good Kevin, stuff there? What's because the wor- let me tell you something. What's the straight the wor- shot? The straight shot on on the here's here's the sad thing about the trip on I-55. If you're coming from St. Louis, once you cross Mississippi, once you cross into Mississippi, you're like, oh, good. I'm, I'm more than halfway there. But you still got like fucking four hours to go. Wrap Same thing going. Now, if you're going north, if you're going south north. Once you cross into, into uh, past Memphis, you're like, fuck, I'm mostly there. You're like, fuck, I still got like four hours to go. That's like the big kick in the nuts either way. <laughs> what about Thank when you. you get to Cape Girardeau? Actually, oh yeah, dude, Cape Girardeau, Cape Girardeau is, it's fuck, it's terrible. It's the home of Rush Limbaugh, or or his birthplace, I don't think he still lives there, but they've got a lot of uh, billboards that really make you do some double takes. And and, and God, I make, you make know this stop. make it stop. Yeah. Allie, you see what you did, but thank you for the forty dollar donation. We appreciate it. 
You called in last I can week. Give more, I can give more I-55 uh, discussions on uh, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I turn into Tom Phillips. My God, please don't. From the old Late Late Show. Oh, you know what you need to do? You know what you need to do, Kevin? When I, when I was a kid growing up, we, my family always had a, another a vacation home in Charleston, South Carolina. So we always used to drive up I-95 from New York to South Carolina all the time, multiple times a year. And we had these cassette tapes. And for the kids today, cassette tapes were how we listened to music back in the day. And we had these cassette tapes for each state. And it would be all about the history of what you were oh, driving past. God, your parents were I-95. Jesus. And, and it would be like timed with like the mile markers. Like you would keep – because people drive at different speeds. So you would like turn it off at certain points and then start it again at certain mile markers. So that way you were always kind of all synced up. And uh, so I know everything about everything along I-95. And so, Kevin, you need to make a CD or a podcast – of just of, of of things along I fifty five. That that is that is cruel parenting. That is you know what but Kevin, if we can raise seven hundred dollars to buy a computer, you might be able to sell two audio tapes to non family members. <laughs> All right, we okay, have hope. I'm keeping hope alive. We have a ton of Twitter questions. Uh, can I can I throw out real quick a couple free agents I'd like? Okay, go ahead. Um, so it's you guys. Number one, Mason Foster, linebacker, a guy they looked at in the draft. He's been with the Bucks, kind of had mixed, mixed success, but he's a 3-4 backer. Um, they just need more competition there. If they can get him on the cheap, he's still available. He's only 26. Um, that's a guy I'd like to see. Uh, in terms of guys you take a flyer on, I mean, I still think linebacker needs to get better. So I, um, two guys I would think of, number one, Lance Briggs, probably too old, but you never know. Uh, maybe you take the Champ Bailey gamble with him, too, and it pans out. Uh, the other guy is Anthony Spencer, played in Dallas. We know that uh, Rob Ryan's a huge fan of his. Uh, he came back from a major injury last year. wasn't the same player, but, uh, but played okay. And, uh, you know, maybe if he can get a little healthier, that's, that's a low risk. I'm sure he would take a minimum contract. Um, so that's another guy. I like Ike Taylor. He was playing really good before he tore his tricep. Even though he's even though he's old, he can still run. Unlike Champ Bailey, um, I would like him. I think I think if you could, if you could get anything out of him, and he would be your f- fourth corner, you'd have a really nice secondary then. So that's my guy. Um, After you draft Trey Wayans too. <laughs> uh, Kevin, this is from Federico. Should we buy Sean Payton more liquor and have another crazy week, or should we just wait until draft day? You don't even have to wait till draft day. I guarantee you, if this podcast goes up tonight, to, uh, check check the websites tomorrow because I'm sure the Saints something fucking nuts will happen. Check because it or check it while, while I'm editing it. They'll break news. Because it's because like goddamn clockwork, man. We record a show <laughs> and something happens. Uh. Who did you have naked photos to win that wrestling belt, Kevin? That's from Jason. Oh, that's oh Sean Orleans. He uh he's he's a clever fellow. He uh he he got things done over the weekend and and won a uh, won a won a championship. So and, oh, when what happened with the sexiest guy. wrestler contest too? Oh, we yeah. didn't do anything about that. I, uh, Sean Sean came in second. God damn it! We uh, there were some uh there was some shenanigans the at the last. I know. I know there was some uh, 
Thank you for that No Fear t-shirt. Um, <laughs> there's some... Uh, some uh there was some shenanigans that went on at the end like some of the guys no some of the is a great reference oh yeah there was some <laughs> can't hit they can't hit what they can't see <laughs> andrew and no, um, yeah, naked yeah. wrestling <laughs> yeah yeah there was some there was some uh big johnson wrestling some of the some of the supporters some of the supporters uh, of, of, of the guy who won, they they found a way to vote multiple times in the last hour and just pushed it, pushed that guy ahead. They probably wrote like a script or some sort of tech nerdy thing. Andrew, this is from Egghead Hudat. Darren Sproul's wife or Corey White's girlfriend, who wins in a cage match? But, well, what's the significance of Corey White's girlfriend? I've never. Uh, she got off a little Twitter blast about the Saints. She did. I've never heard. That. Yeah. Can you fill me in? Uh, I don't know the exact details. I just saw. I was in meetings today. I saw something about it on Twitter. No, Darren, okay. Darren Sproul's wife was strong. I mean, Darren Sproul's wife put the constant curse on the Saints, and uh, they immediately went seven and nine, mm. and were a disaster the following year. So clearly, it works. Uh, you know, Compton is a real thing. You know, and, and obviously their voodoo. It trumps whatever we got going on in New Orleans. So uh, I would not mess with Mrs. Sproul. Dave, this is from Super Saiyan Saint. Is there any posi- is there any position I don't need to brush up on that the Saints might draft? Yes, we, what are, say that again? Is there any position I don't need to oh. brush up on that the Saints might draft? Uh, punter. Uh, other than that, but I, yeah, I would be brushing up on Jameis Winston because those fucking picks are getting packaged together, buddy, and they're moving up. And oh. They're getting Jameis Winston. Stop oh, it! Why? Stop it! God. Stop it! If they get the if they get if they get a third number one, it's in play at like twenty five percent. Let me tell you something. Stop it! First of all, going back to what we were talking about earlier, if you if if you guys and all of us are 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 betting the farm and if the saints are betting the farm on a good draft i mean if you guys are basically saying the saints really need to hit on some picks this year in the draft otherwise they're going to be shitty then i got news for you you might as well prepare yourself for a shitty saints team because i don't think that that's going to happen i I, you know i I know that they made some changes in the front office i know they've got jeff ireland and i i i just don't think that uh, a leopard can change its spots that quickly and I also just – I don't see them sticking with nine picks. I, I don't see them not continuing with their draft philosophy of of trading up and 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 all that. I mean I, I would love to see them, like I've always said, be more like the Patriots. I would love to see them trade down that 13th overall pick um, and get no, another no – Oh, no I would way. love – that would be the ideal situation. Trade down that 13th pick, get another pick. Another high pick. You still have the first round, thirty first pick. Kevin, and, this is <laughs> if, if if they trade if they trade up, me and Kevin are gonna lose our fucking minds. I think everybody's gonna lose their fucking. I'm gonna be so pissed. There's Kev, absolutely no reason to trade up. There is one good thing about the Saints getting rid of Kenny Stills and Jimmy Graham, and I think Wang hits it right on the head. Kevin, wide out wide out depth chart come week one feature features either Andy Tanner or a rookie. Who you got? 
the rookie. Poor Andy Tanner. <laughs> no way, man. This is the year. This is the year for Andy Tanner. He's like he's not even on the he, roster. He's like the dude. The no, he, the dude's got nine lives, man. Is he on the roster still? He's not oh, even yeah. on the roster. Oh yeah. Oh, he's on the roster, all right? I'm checking right now. Andrew. Breeze, Anthony Davis, and humidity to Cleveland for Manziel, LeBron, and five year of their annual sunny days, 59 degrees. Yes, no, maybe. Holy no. shit, he is. He's on the fucking no. roster. Andy uh, Tanner the, is still on the goddamn roster. This is the, brow is, the brow is non-negotiable, Ralph. He, he's a non-negotiable. Andy Tanner is like fucking herpes. Holy shit. <laughs> he's... <laughs> Uh, you could offer me you could offer me the moon for the brow and I would turn it down. Okay, Kevin, regular se- this is regular season snap. He only has one year of experience though, because like he's like thirty, isn't he? Because he's... none of those seasons ever counts because he's only <laughs> keeps getting cuts. <laughs> Wait, it, it literally says he's a one year experience? Yeah, his experience it says God, he's, he's been on the same foot. for like fifteen. <laughs> Like Seriously, he's like a Highlander. He never ages, but he's, he's like 2,000 years old. The only way to kill Andy Tanner is to cut off his head. Dude, when we do this, when we do the worst Saint ever tournament in in 10 more years, Andy Tanner is going to be on that in the bracket, and I'm going to lose oh, he, my fucking oh, he's mind. A he's a strong three seed. He is a strong three seed. <laughs> but he never played in a game. He's, he's 20. He's exactly. 20. He's in the. You know we should have. We should hey, have. Ralph. Ralph. You know who else didn't play in a game and was in the tournament? Anime Ojo. You know we need to have an all a Hall of Fame Saints preseason team, like all the 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 guys that got mega run in preseasons but never amounted to jack diddly squat. Paul, Paul Horning should be in that. Yeah. Jeez. Hey, can, can we put can we put that Oklahoma State kid that flamed out after one day in there? Walter Thomas? Oh yeah, him. Is it, yeah. It, was that like the big giant human being who yeah, could do a standing backflip? Yep, that was him. Yep. Okay. Dave, over under on regular season snaps Ellerby takes with the Saints is set at 1. Over that or was, under. That was wack. That's that's too low. I mean, I, I know he was trying to be silly, but uh, one is way too low. I would take the over any day of the week. He's got a. Bet. Can we can we talk about how awful that Stills trade was? I mean, that was an awful trade. That is a, I mean, Graham, is... Graham, you can be happy. They just Grubbs, wanted the. They just Grubbs, wanted the Grubbs has a huge contract. You get a fifth round pick out of it. Not bad. You, know, you get his contract off the books. You get a little something. I lost. Not, my not a bad. Not a bad move. I lost Stills my trade. First of all, Stills' production, he, he makes the minimum salary. Yeah. His production is way better than a third-round pick, and you get an old, decrepit, injured linebacker who's not even an upgrade over Lawson. I lost my, I lost my, I lost my mind talking to Andrew on the phone, and I, I told Andrew, I said, I'm going to lose my mind on Twitter. I lost my mind for about – 10 minutes and i'm telling you i'm in the middle of the year i will stand by every single one of those tweets i watch ellerby because the wife is a dolphin fan ellerby is fucking terrible terrible and injured okay i think ellerby there's a 40 percent chance he's dan morgan 2.0 which yeah i mean i don't see how you can look at that trade and and justify it in any way, shape, or form, the the this, only 
justification for that trade because the Saints have cap issues. They took on – I don't care if they reworked his contract. He still had an $8.5 million contract, and even though they're going to restructure it for it to be worth a lot less, it's still going to be more than what Kenny Stills was getting paid. So when you look at the mere cap implications, it's much worse for the Saints. And on top of that, they lose a, a young receiver who still had a couple years at minimum salary and was producing. The only explanation possible for that trade is that they don't like him. That well, yeah, he was okay. a locker room issue or Sean Payton didn't like him for some reason or whatever. But that, that's the only explanation. I, I mean, I was going to say what Andrew was going to say, I mean, and, I, and I agree. I, I think really the whole philosophy or, or you know, meaning behind the trade was was off the field related. And I, I really think that they, they just wanted to get rid of him. And, and instead of cutting him, they might as well try and get something for him. I don't think they really give a shit about Ellerby. I think they kind of just felt like, well, let's see if we can just get a draft pick and we'll turn that into something else in the future. But we don't want him here. We don't want him in our locker room. We don't want him on our team. We're going to get rid of him. So what's the best possible way to get rid of him? And what can we get for him? How can we maximize that? And, you know, and, and, and the thing is, is what I, what I do like about all this, which nobody, I don't feel like many people are talking about, you know, I, I think Peyton is obviously sending a message. Hey, look, last year you guys dicked around, you fucked around. We had a lot of people in this locker room who didn't belong here. You didn't have the right attitudes. Uh, he's taken, I think he's trying to take back control of this team mentally. Um, and, and I, and I think trading a guy like that, I think that's, I think that, that sends a message that says, Hey man, you know what? You fucked around. Guess what? I'm sending you, you have to now move to another city. You, you've just been informed that you have to fucking move your whole goddamn life to another city. And you didn't even have a choice when to which city still, you're going to. Well, you, you, nothing says go fuck yourself like, hey, enjoy Miami. And well, you, guess, guess what? You have to go to, to a new place. Will you feel that way, Dave, when a third down and five pass bounces off of Nick Toon's face and they lose to Jacksonville? It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just it, it 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 doesn't matter because if they didn't want him in the locker room, then he, he then then what? Then the other alternative is him being on the roster and not playing and not contributing. And to me, that's that's fucking worse. You might as well have a you might as well get a draft pick or bring in somebody else who might have a chance at playing, uh, who at least maybe is hungrier. Um, you know, who is at least willing to listen to what the coach is saying. I mean, that's the fact of the matter is if, if Kenny Stills was still on this roster, but Peyton hates him, then what good is he going to be anyway? Kevin. Yeah, there's also the argument that coming off this season, Stills, you know, assuming he's not going to improve or, or get any better, or maybe he's Peyton's felt he's hit his ceiling, the, the trade stock and value for Kenny Stills is at an all-time high. Kevin, do you think Sean and Mickey got matching ta- matching tattoos to commiserate the 2015 bloodbath? No, no, I, 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 I just, I think, I think Sean Payton is, uh, is just watching game game film, and I think Mickey Loomis is probably, I think Mickey Loomis, if anybody is doing anything like that, it's Mickey Loomis. He's probably like shaving. Uh, shaving with a straight razor without any shaving cream, listening to the reins of Castamere on uh, Endless Loop. So, yeah. And I guarantee you there's two people out there that at least get that fucking reference. Chip Kelly worked out Tim Tebow today. 
Shut up. I don't want to hear it. I um, really was hoping you would not bring What it up. can Mickey Loomis do outside of a trade that could steal Chip Kelly's uh, thunder? Mike with Sam, baby. Oh, that's a good oh, There you go. That's the winner. That's a Franchise winner. Franchise tag Andy Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't think you could beat Michael Sam, but Dave did it. <laughs> that would be so to great. Do. We're going to pay you top five wide receiver. <laughs> final, final question. Kevin, do you think Tom Benson has any clue what has happened with the Saints this past week, or is he too busy eating candy? <laughs> He's on a he's on a motorized scooter right now, just like got a big old bowl of ice cream that he just like dumps gummy bears on and just <laughs> got a big wooden spoon. He's just shoveling it into his mouth, going around like, Ooh. oh, who is this new fellow? Who is this new fellow? Jay Spiller. CJ Spiller. Yeah. Um, That's all. By the way, while I'm we're... just I, for ahead. some reason I'm why am I picturing Tom Benson in like an all white suit like he's running a plantation? That's <laughs> like, that's really that's terrible. Rich. That's Don't terrible. Don't the Shirley Temple movies. He's watching Shirley Temple movies too. Probably. Right. Buddy um, on a hand, but, hand buddy crank film to, to make fun of Q Herrick and Mora and Jim Miller. Buddy D used to play Good Ship Lollipop, Shirley <laughs> Temple singing it, and it would be – it was so funny because people would be like, what the fuck is this song that this old man is playing? And he, he, brought, he brought it back when Hazlitt was terrible, and I thought it was great, and I ran the board, and I would play it at any chance I got, and – the people in the radio station were like, you need something younger. You need something hipper. I'm like, fuck it. We're playing Good Ship Lollipop. <sighs> Good times. Um, by the way, while we're all dicking around here, um, Twitter is going crazy about Chris Borland retiring after one year in the NFL. What? Yep. Yeah. Chris who? The 49ers are so screwed. I know. They just lost two linebackers Good. to retire. He, Kev, Good. You'll couldn't know. Ha- you'll couldn't know. have happened. You, you, happened. To a nicer fucking franchise, they couldn't have happened to a better to a better group. They are going I mean, to they're, they're, look. Tom Benson. Tom Benson was an asshole of an owner in his heyday. Oh my God, he's got nothing on Jed York and that whole clan of clowns. Okay, were- I hope I hope San Francisco manages to fall below the Rams for four the next decade. Four and twelve. The the, the San Francisco's coot. Jim Tom Sula, he's horrible. Borland, you'll know him as the guy who recovered the fumble in overtime against the Saints. Yeah, he ate the Saints lunch. He year. did. He's good. He was good. What that? What is with all these NFL players retiring? Um, they were starting he to had, realize that some, the NFL he had will some kill concussion you. issues. I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that'll wrap up the show. For today, uh, of course, the Saints will break news as soon as it's uploaded on Twitter. Uh, probably trading Drew Brees and uh, the Crescent City connection for Jameis Winston and the Gold Club in Tampa. Um, oh, here's why. Look, look here. Here is why Chris Borland's retirement is fucking genius. 
Adam Kaplan on Twitter is he tweets to say Borland's retirement is stunning would be an understatement. You're looking at the next great linebacker in the NFL retires after one season. What see why is retiring early great? Because now everybody can just say can 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 you know uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is they can debate you know how great you would have been and you can just leave and people will remember you. And everybody would think you you were going to be the greatest future linebacker if you had just oh if you had just kept playing you would have been the greatest linebacker in NFL history. It's like so essentially you're saying it's so essentially you're saying it's like the Beatles only if they never did anything. Yeah, it's genius. Oh, it's genius. It's just like leave on a you high. Play note. one year. You play. Yeah. You play one year. You're, or, you, yeah. You 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 play as a band for one year and then all of a sudden you go on top of Apple Studios. Yeah, and Chris, play a quick yeah, concert oh yeah, and Chris, you fucking retire. Chris Borland is a fucking genius. Except they will never make as much money as he made in the NFL. Well, how much money did he make on his rookie contract? Seven hundred grand, probably. Uh, enough to eh, wisely he can invest, invest in some car car lots or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Buy some rental property. Ah, uh, rental property. I think that's a good way to end this podcast. So for Dave, Andy Bye. Dan are getting franchised. I can't get over <laughs> it's still funny. <laughs> so go to Canal Street Chronicles. Go to Saints Nation. Any news that breaks, go to those two places. They have you covered. Kevin, still on Tinder. Not getting any bites either. Oh, oh man. Put up T- the rest. Tinder changed up their Maybe whole, Tinder the right up their whole goddamn business model. And it's really pissing me off. Oh, is it like Facebook? They changed their algorithm and now you're not showing up in people's searches? <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. Like, I'm not getting any fucking matches. Like, before before I would get matches, and whether or not, you know, they would flame out or not, that's, that's irrelevant. I was at least getting matches. This, nothing. Nothing. I've been swiping a whole bunch, like, the last two weeks, and ever since they made, like, some sort of a change, uh, it's, been, it's been nothing. Nothing on Tinder. I may I may have to just go back to OKCupid. Kevin, you might have to uh, put up Farmers the picture only. of you holding your title belt. That might. Oh no 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 no! L- listen, listen. I fully admit that that is not a picture of Kevin at his finest hour. It should have been. I have a championship belt across my chest, but really, there is some there is some muffin there is some muffin toppage going on, uh, uh, all up and down. That photo. There's a lot of muffin toppage, and I'm not oh happy my, about it. Oh my god! Did you this... put in your profile that you're the second best-looking guy in Midwestern wrestling? You should have. I should. I should this, have. This podcast. Come on, you got to do a better job of selling yourself here, Jeez, Kevin. 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 I mean, in, in 30 seconds of podcasting here, we've already come up with a way better plan of attack than whatever you got going on. Jesus, man, we need, you need we need we might need to take over. We might have we we might need to have a coup d'état and take over. Kevin's Tinder for his own benefit. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, people. You know, we could have polls up on Canal Street Chronicles. We of, you know, how, how to uh, showcase Kevin's best aspect. We need to. That could be our be a summer project for you, Dave. So, uh, all right. This, uh, Andy Tinder being franchised. <laughs> Ah, this podcast. The Saints had a lot of news, and yet we still took it in the ditch. (laughs) So, for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, 
I'm Ralph. Until next week. Ooh, piece of candy. Be well. <laughs> Thanks for signing Corey White, Cowboys. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.